Hello, this is Adam Homey, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We are a very special radio show that helps you, our business creators, win at the game of business and marketing. Now, what is a business creator? It can be one of several things. Business creators include entrepreneurs, small business owners, and local business owners. Business creators are also marketing and business coaches. They're also folks who help others build their businesses, including any type of designer, any type of marketing or social media strategist, anybody who assists others with creating and putting out their marketing. And, of course, business creators are do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses, manage your own marketing, and just your creativity really comes out when you have your own hands on the levers and you're making things happen. And we have people who listen to this show who have seven-figure businesses who still edit their own websites and still write their own copy. And sometimes, if that's how you make your money, more power to you. We're here to help. If you are one or more of the above types of business creators, please take a moment, explore our episodes, and discover how our experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, please take a moment, search for us on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show, Subscribe to our channel, and every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us support more business creators just like you. Now, today, I'm very honored to have with us our very special guest, Dominic Damaski, who is the author of a book called Don't Double Bread the Fish. And we're going to talk more about what that means as we get a little bit deeper into our interview here, but let me just tell you a little bit about, about our topic today and about our experts. So the title is No Failure Has to Define You, and we're going to be talking about how all of us have experienced failure. All of us have fallen short at one time or another, but we don't have to let it define us. We don't have to let it hold us back. And Dominic is going to share some great tips on how to make sure that failure doesn't put you in a box and hold you back. Now, Dominic arrives to the scene as an author and motivational speaker with a unique background and a wealth of life experience. As a boy, Dominic learned to value hard work in the field of his father's landscape company, and he's going to tell us a little bit more about his personal story here in just a second. And he took that knowledge and placed with his passions and has carried it throughout his life. Um, there are two places where he did fail over and over again in school, which are actually kind of the same places that I failed, and we'll learn about that in just a moment. And uh, he also, uh, in 2002, as a young man, right around the time I started my business, he opened his own business. Uh, three years later, it was closed, and he was in financial ruins, and now he's back and better than ever, and we're going to talk about that. Dominic Damaski is a loving husband and family man. He's a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh. I'm originally from Pittsburgh myself an inspirational author, a motivational speaker, a supporter of JDRF, and a passionate insurance salesman. The loves of his life for his family, business, telling stories, and basketball. Now, I believe the title of today's topic, No Failure Has to Define You, pretty much defines itself. But we're going to learn more here. So, Dominic, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, Adam. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, thank you very much for being here. This is a topic that I think touches a lot of our business creators because we talk a lot about the hard skills, the marketing skills, the technology skills, but none of that really makes all that much of a difference if you don't have the softer skills, the inner game skills, the success skills that drive us 
all nailed down. And that's why I was so interested in your topic when we had the opportunity to interview you and why I'm so excited to have you here today. Now, before we dive in, what I want to do is I want to take a step back and give those of our listeners who may not have heard of you yet a chance to get to know you a little bit. So just tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today. I gave a couple sneak previews in my intro there. And just tell us how your experience has helped you come to a point where you help entrepreneurs and business creators overcome failure and achieve the success they desire and deserve. Gladly, sir. Well, it starts it starts long ago in a in a field uh, in, at my dad's nursery, pulling weeds, uh, picking up cigarette butts, and doing all the odd jobs. And right. I'll give him I'll give him all the credit in the world. Is you know he taught me the value of hard work. And you know if you work hard in this world, you can acquire anything you want. So I took those lessons I learned early on. The those values, those hard work, just work longer, work harder, work smarter. I took those and put them to my passions. And although I did that, I failed over and over. I failed at algebra. I failed at business. I failed at basketball. I got cut from the team, punched in the face, went broke in business. So all along the way, although I was using these lessons from back in the past, I was also learning new lessons of, persistence and overcoming failures and with combining the two I put them together I wrote an inspirational book called Don't Double Bread the Fish which we'll talk about later but and started a company called Motivation Champs where I share inspiration and that's where we're at today. Great great that sounds really awesome. Now here in the Business Creators Radio Show we provide the tools the techniques and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to succeed except for time and money. Now, I ask this question of every single one of our guest experts, and what I really enjoy are not only the variety of answers, but also the variety of ways the question is interpreted. So what do time and money have to do with success and failure? Time and money, success and failure. I, one, I think sometimes that money can be a shortcut. A lot of people think just because they have money they're going to be successful or their idea is going to succeed. But a lot of times you can just throw money at a problem too. So I think with me in my life, sometimes I've used time where you can start over. You can start from start from scratch again. There's... You don't have to achieve success today. Just move forward, take those baby steps, and, you know, eventually you will succeed, and when you succeed, you'll have that money. Right. Exactly. And I, and I think that's something, and we're going to touch that a little bit more, because a lot of times success is not overnight, and failure is never permanent unless you want it to be. So what I'd like to do here is just start by asking you flat out, Dominic. You are the author of... Don't Double Bread the Fish, which is built as a humorous, motivational guide to surviving and succeeding in today's world. Now, from what I've seen, one of the key messages of the book is persistence. Now, what qualifies you to write a book on persistence? I'm, I'm glad you asked that. And I started to answer it in, when you, earlier when you asked me, you know, just in my, in my bio or when I tell you a little bit about myself, my whole life is built around persistence because when I had those early setbacks or shoveled those those ditches from Pittsburgh to Atlanta or however far I shoveled them, 
you start to become a person who can overcome things. And in my life, when I failed, and I failed at everything, like we talked about, I got cut from the teams, punched in the face, I went broke in business, but I failed over and over and over and over. But as the title of our show today, I never let any of them define me. Each time I learned from them, I got back up, and I brushed myself off, and I came back stronger, and I accomplished each of those things that I fell at. I'm by no I'm by no means on the top of the world or anything like that, but I'm a guy who's finding success. I'll overcome any of those setbacks I had and I eventually will get there. Right. And that's a great mindset to have because it's very easy to feel like you're knocked down. And I personally have experienced, I know others around me have experiences as well, where it feels like we just keep getting knocked not only down, but from every single corner. And, I mean, even I, from time to time, will sometimes explain, exclaim, can't I catch a break today? So, uh, I mean, have you ever had one of those where it just seems like every single time you turn around, there's another hammer swinging at you? And sometimes persistence is kind of tough because you want to duck. You know what's funny about that is I was I was on the phone yesterday with a cousin of mine who sells dishwashers, and I have a company called Motivation Champs also, and I guess I would be the face of that company. And I was getting beat up in sales yesterday, and I called my cousin. We were talking, and I said, I think I need a new face of Motivation Champs. I don't know if I can do it anymore. So <laughs> I, I do believe in, to what you say. Yeah, some days, some days. You just got to get through. You got to survive. You got to live the fight another day. And we all have those, but you got to know. I think it was Winston Churchill that said, uh, "No failure is final, and no failure is fatal." Something like that. I, I think we got to think that's, that's, terms of that's one thing he said. That's one thing he said. And it's funny you bring up Winston Churchill because I was thinking of another thing that he says that I say often, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this because this is kind of your bailiwick here. Another one of Churchill's sayings is. When you're going through hell, keep going. What do you think about that? I I think there's definitely always a, a light on the other side, and I'm I'm working on a new book right now, and in one of the chapters I talk about there being no rock bottom, and people right. always be like, well, I, I hit rock bottom, I hit rock bottom, I hit rock bottom, and I'll I'll propose the the question is, is there really a rock bottom? Things can always get worse, even like you said. When you're getting down and you kick, sometimes there's always a hammer coming at you from a different area. But even when you are down like that, you can handle it. You can get through, survive that day, fight another day. Right. Right. I think you're very, I think you're very right about that. So, Dominic, what's the biggest failure, in your opinion, that you've ever come back from, and how'd you do it? Well, I just keep adding them on, but I, I think uh, – <laughs> I think the I call myself the king of failure now, but the biggest failure I ever I think I came back from is uh, I started a restaurant years ago, and three years later you you briefly talked about it. I don't know if you said it was a restaurant or not, but I opened the restaurant when I was about twenty three twenty four, and about right. three years later I was half a million dollars in debt, completely broke jobless, my wife was about to give birth, um, wanted by the law, uh, that was business related. Uh, right. Yeah, it just, it, like you said, the hammers just kept coming at me. And now I sit here talking to you today on on the air and think, 
it wasn't that bad. I got through it, and it is what it is. I'm proud to say I was down there. I'm proud to say how low I was because you could come back, and people have come back from far worse than me, and they'll, they just keep doing it. Right. Right, and I, and I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, you look at anybody's story and you scratch the surface, and you're going to find some examples of failure, some examples of setbacks. I mean, I tell this story many times in my own list that you know, I was in a situation where it looked like my business should have been going good. I was getting lots of clients. I had people banging down my door, wanting to do business with me. Uh, the revenues were good. But the challenge was I had a couple of clients who were just absolute time and energy vampires, I mean, one was so much of a vampire, I even said the words to him, you're fired, and he wouldn't go away. And I remember, I mean, it was getting to the point where I set up, like, a special secret email to communicate with my team members with so that if they had something they needed to say to me and I needed to get answers to them in the morning, I could take care of that, and I would have at least a couple hours before I even looked at the email that the time vampires and the, and the life vampires and the business vampires were sucking up. And it, you know, it was like, I felt like almost every day I was saying, man, I can't catch a break here. Well, one afternoon, while I was, you know, in the middle of being ping-ponged between these multiple different, very time-sucking, non-revenue, profit-generating activities, so to speak, I needed to print something on my printer. It was a one page I needed to print. And halfway through printing the page, the printer decided at that point to tell me it would run out of ink. And I said, you dirty, rotten, expletive deleted. You couldn't have told me that you were going to run out of ink before I printed this page, so you've not only cost me time and energy, but now you've cost me a piece of paper. Let's just say that a year later when I was moving out of that apartment and upgrading to my next apartment, which was much nicer, I was still finding pieces from that printer after I smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell this story all the time. I've been telling it for years. It's the story of, uh, it's the, story of the day that my printer paid for my, for my failure to manage my time and manage my life. And, the, you know, and, I, and that same day I did an emergency session with my uh, business coach and my life coach, and uh, we went through some exercises, and I ended up firing a bunch of people. But the thing I remember about that day, the lesson that I learned, well, actually there are two lessons. Number one, that we all have feelings, and we're entitled to our feelings. Nobody can ever tell us that we're wrong for feeling a certain way because we feel that way because of our experiences and what we've learned through going through the world. There's no such thing as a wrong feeling, in my opinion. Um, you have to look at the experiences that get you there. That's the first thing. So don't be ashamed of the fact that I flipped out and smashed my printer and lost my temper. I mean, because it can happen to anybody. But the other lesson I learned is I was able to look down at the floor and see the pieces of my printer scattered everywhere and say, you know, I am the president, CEO, chairman of the board of directors, everything else of this company. I have total control if I choose to exercise and on what comes in and what goes out. So if that's where these clients are going to put me, they're gone, and I got rid of them. The lesson I learned was that my lowest day as an entrepreneur was higher, it was better than my best day working for somebody else because I could say, you know what, I don't want to deal with these people anymore. They're gone. Goodbye. Have a nice life. In a corporate setting, they can not only force you to take it, but then, but then thank the person doing it to you. Yeah. So what I learned is count your blessings. Sometimes you don't see them until you get pushed. No, right, right on. I believe you. Right. 
Yeah, so that's that, that's my that's you know, and to me that was one of the most failure type days that I ever had. Now, what I want to, now here's the thing, and I think this kind of leads to where I want to go next. Um, you know, you talked about you know the failure of your restaurant. I talked about my really bad day in business. Now let's say that um, you know what's happening to you, and it can be you know failure in business, something going wrong in life, what have you. It's not just a bad day or a bad break. I mean, what if the person gets knocked down and they have absolutely nothing? All their money is gone. Uh, they barely have a place to live. Uh, basically, they uh, don't have many friends. They don't have many contacts. They are really starting at square one, maybe the square before square one. Now, how can a person who seems like they have nothing left, especially when they had it all and now it's gone, how can they start turning things around? If you were in that situation or you're coaching somebody who's in that situation, where would we start? Well, I actually set up a 10-step a process of how to come back from failure. But I want to say to that person who's so down, so out, barely has a shirt on their back, that is the day when it's almost the easiest. You've got nothing to lose. You can start over. You can you can walk anywhere you want to walk. You can go anywhere you want to go. Nothing's holding you back. You, and you 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 need to do it. And you have that feeling of hey, this has to be done. So you, whatever step you take, if you take a step, any one that you take is a step in the right direction. Right. Right. How how is that how is that the case? Because couldn't we walk somewhere and it gets even worse? The reason is because you're you're taking responsibility for your your actions. You're you're acknowledging it. I'm down. I'm out. This is the bottom of the barrel, but I can go up from here. I I'm not held back by homes, houses, this, this, this. You can walk somewhere else. I guess you if you're in downtown New York or something in an alley. I guess you could get jumped on your way, hypothetically speaking. But what I'm saying is the point where you accept, hey, no more, I'm at my low. I'm going to start taking responsibility as of right now. And that's where I get into my, and if you don't mind, I'll give you my 10 steps, 10 steps that anybody could take when they're down like that. Okay. Okay. Step one is you have to, and I'll I'll make them brief for you. I'll blow through them. Step one is you need to take responsibility, acknowledge that, Maybe I played some part in it. And now, step two, brush yourself off. Get up. Step three, now it's time to start over. Swallow your pride. Step four, you need to make a goal. You need to make a plan. Set a goal. Write it down. Step five, it's time to take action. That means you have these other steps, but until you take action, those plans, everything you did before that, it doesn't mean anything. Step six is you need to make a commitment to what you're going to do. Step seven, this is funny, and a lot of business owners and business people that you're talking to will understand this. You can't take no for an answer. You have to just keep on pushing. Everybody's going to tell you no. They're going to tell you, Adam, you can't start a business. Dominic, you can't write a book. Mr. Business Owner, that idea is never going to work. And you just have to not take no for an answer. And then step eight that every business owner knows and everybody that's truly been successful knows is you have to earn it. You have to work your butt off and you have to earn it. A lot of people want to just sit at home on a couch or that day when you're down 
like you said, walking around and you don't know where to go. Well, now it's time to get out and earn it. And then as you're as you're coming up through the ranks here and you're thinking, how can I do it? How can I start over? I, I have nothing. you got to remember there's two, two things. The last two are the most important, I think. As you're coming up, you need to remember nothing is impossible. You know, there's that old saying that says, how can you tell me the sky's the limit when there's footprints on the moon? You know, so I people need to remember that if a guy with blades on his legs can run in the Olympics, that nothing is impossible. And then step 10, the final step is persist, persist, persist. I read an old book by, my dad gave it to me. It was called uh, The Greatest Salesman in the World, and I talk about it a lot. It played a lot of impact on my writings early on and my getting into inspirational speaking and reading as I was a kid. And this, it's in it, it has scrolls. And if you read these scrolls, 30 straight days, the things that you read become habits. So I wrote my book similar where I want you to reread the chapters and reread the chapters. But in this one scroll, he says, I must persist until I succeed. And that lesson, the last step, 10, is I must persist until I succeed. If you're walking down that road, just keep walking until you succeed. So I, I think those, if you follow those 10 steps, easy to do, you know, very precise, you can come back from anything. I think you I think you raised some really great points here. And this kind of leads to the next place I want to go is I think a lot of folks, when they fail or when they find themselves in a situation where, you know, they have, uh, you know, failed or something along those lines or they feel like a failure or they've been, ex- you know, they feel they've been either exposed or um, shown to not have, I mean, so many different things, that they worry they may be forever in life defined by that failure. Uh, do you think that's the case? I think you can be, and I think a lot of people are. Those are the people that had those setbacks and they give up. They had those setbacks and they say, poor me. They had those setbacks and they never walk out of the house again. But I'm a guy who refuses to be defined by his failures. You know, I'll tell you, hey, I fell in business or I got cut from a basketball team or, you know, was broke here or there. But my failures my past they may they may scar me if you look over my eyes i got scars from a kid who beat me up in high school you know i might have a right. my have had my teeth knocked out they may scar me they may they may mold me i can learn from them but they'll never define you unless you let them right i think that i think that's a great message for all of us and again uh i'm reminded of winston churchill i know his name keeps coming up here but you think about if you really look at his career and you look at what really defines him, he's defined as the man who saved Great Britain during World War II and turned the tide of the war around by standing up and exhorting his countrymen that this was indeed their finest hour. And we have the vision of him, uh, you know, surrounded by a crowd of people holding up the V for victory sign. And that's how we remember him because that was – the impact he had on the world. Uh, a lot of th- other things that don't, people don't remember uh, as well or as much unless they truly study him is they forget or just don't have in their consciousness that he 
was responsible for one of the most costly military adventures of World War One, and had the blood of tens of thousands of soldiers on his hands because of a galactic error he made as first Lord of the Admiralty. Uh, they forget uh, how many times he was marginalized, how many people up into the 1930s thought he was just plum crazy, and then he was washed out, a has-been, somebody whose time had come and gone. And then circumstances changed, and it was like everything that happened in his life was preparing him for that moment. Uh, we can say the same thing about Abraham Lincoln. We can say uh, we can say the same thing about Walt Disney, who's told he had absolutely no talent whatsoever. I mean, there's so many different things we can look back at, and we can look uh, and we can see that the person uh, was told at one point that they had absolutely no business even trying doing the thing they became best known for, and these are examples of people who do not allow themselves to be defined by their failures, like that time they got fired or that time that the person they looked up to crushed them or the time that they tried something and it really screwed them up. I mean, I also remind people all the time, uh, one of the most ubiquitous things in offices today are Post-it notes. And, Dominic, you know where Post-it notes come from, don't you? No, please tell me. Somebody's screw-up. Somebody mixed a, mixed a huge batch of glue, and it wasn't sticky enough. Now, most companies would have said, who screwed up the glue? Who's going to pay us back the $100,000? But somebody over there thought, you know what? We put this on paper, and it sticks, but it pulls right back off again. And then they got to talking about it, and they thought, you know what? Let's try this. Post-it notes were born. And look how many different types of post-it notes are out there. Look how many different ways we use post-it notes. They're everything from the tiny little squares of paper to giant post-it notes that are used for presentations in front of hundreds of people. Uh, somebody's screw-up set off a revolution. So talk about being defined by failure. Uh, one of the greatest success stories of, uh, of ingenuity in the second half of the 20th century in America was caused by somebody's failure. So this kind of leads me to where I want to go next. Uh, as we develop and grow as entrepreneurs, we find ourselves more and more faced with decisions where there is no right answer. I mean, we're taught right and wrong. We're taught stick by your values. But we find ourselves sometimes to make decisions that may adversely affect others, even though we don't want them to. Or we might find ourselves having to make judgment call decisions when we have values conflicts. So we have two sets of values that both matter to us, but they're in conflict with each other. So no matter what you do in these situations, some people call them damned if you do, damned if you don't. What can we do to avoid feeling like a failure when we find ourselves in these types of situations? Because the bigger you get, the bigger the decisions get. That's a tough question. You're putting, you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> uh, and I, I do agree that sometimes you have to make the tough decisions. You know, as, as a business owner, we've had to fire people along the way, you, I, and you have to make decisions, cut costs here and there that maybe you, you question, should I do or should I have done that after the fact? But my dad, who I mentioned earlier, has been in business. I call him a dinosaur in business because now he's been in business. I think he's in his 70s. He's been in business probably 50 years for himself. So through right. the recessions, through the ups and downs, he's been there, you know, made those tough calls. And one day he told me when I was struggling with the decision, he said, Dominic, he said, if you're in business and you you get you're a few years in and 
more than half the people like you than dislike you, you're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> so I think you got to look at it from uh, it's all perception. I think I think that's a great way to look at it, and I think we also discover that we can't really please everybody. In, in business and marketing, we talk about attract and repel marketing. You have to attract some and you have to repel some, and sometimes by repelling some, you attract others and vice versa, and these are judgment calls, and you can end up with – enemies, you can end up with opponents. I mean, I'm just big enough that I have some enemies and rivals out there in business. I think it happens every time you take a stand. So why should we continue to take a stand, even though we know that's going to cause part of the world to oppose us? I think you got to stand up for what you believe in. And you, you're, you're making a good point there, is you're somebody who's doing, making, making a way for yourself, you know, standing up for what you believe, producing business, helping other people. And when when you achieve some kind of success like you have or other people have, a, let's say a Donald Trump, a president, whatever it is, there's always going to be people trying to knock you off that pedestal that want your top spot. But there's nothing wrong with having that top spot. You know, just make sure that you do it you get there the right way and know when right. you get that top spot finally there's going to be people that are jealous of you they're going to say i can do what he does just as good i can do what he does cheaper i can do what he does better but can they really so you just need to make sure that you're doing it to the best of your abilities you know i've been around a lot of animals in my life a lot of cats <laughs> a lot of dogs i grew up in uh in a rural area of southwestern Pennsylvania, not too far from where you're from, and there were a lot of animals around. We lived in a country, there were cats, there were dogs, just a lot of different animals. So I had a lot of opportunity to observe uh, canine and feline behavior. And there's two things about cats and dogs that I've noticed. First of all, cats don't chase after the toy that's just sitting there, and dogs don't bark at parked cars. So if you're moving and you're making a difference, then the chances are you are going to attract attention. It may not be the attention you're hoping for, but it's attention nonetheless, and, you, and it creates for you a uniquely opportunity. Now, Dominic, here's something that you know has been really on my mind here uh, lately, and I know a number of our listeners share this sentiment. I touched on this a few minutes ago. I mean, we're all human beings, and it's fair to say that most of us have experienced something or done something that wasn't exactly our finest hour. Maybe we did do something wrong, or maybe our attempt to navigate between conflicting values blew up in our face. So what I'd like to get into is you know, how do we deal with it, how do we overcome it, and what are some of the things that we may want to be saying to ourselves in our mind to help uh, help us walk our way through it so we come out uh, to the light at the end of the tunnel? Fair enough. I can do that for you. First, I wanted to go back and tell you I like your comment on the dog's dog. Dogs don't bark at parked cars. I might steal that. That's a good title for a book, by the way. A good title for a chapter or a book. So keep that in mind. I've heard that. I've heard that a few times. I heard it originally from James Melanchak. I don't know who he heard it from, or if he heard it from somebody else. But I know that's the original place I've heard it. I've heard it a few places since then. Just you know, walk your dog down the street and see which kind of cars he barks at. Right. Yeah. If you're if you're making things happen, people are gonna be looking out for you. So you asked right. me. Uh, I I lost my train of thought, but I I think tell me again 
exactly, precisely what you what you want me to answer. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're all human beings, Dominic. You know, some of us have experienced something or done something that wasn't exactly our finest hour. And I can give you a couple examples. Like we lose our head and we say something we know we shouldn't have said, but, yeah, we said it anyway. Or we do something and, you know, we know it wasn't the right thing to do, but we did it anyway. So it just wasn't our finest hour. And uh, or maybe we had to make one of those values judgment calls where we're damned if we're doing or damned if we don't, and we ended up getting damned by it. So, again, not our finest hour. So what I wanted to get into a little bit is just, you know, what are some of the things that you can do in your mind? What's some of the self-conversation you can have to sort of help you get through that and help you come out on the other side? Absolutely. One of the, one of the things I like to talk about in what I'm, I've done here today and I, I always do is I'm not afraid to tell the world I failed. You know, right? It, and it happens. We all do. You named you named Churchill, Lincoln, uh, Walt Disney. Please, someday. I mean, I hope I could be as in a category with failures like that. I mean, when you look at yes. those, those guys. I mean, please. I, if I could, if failure meant I get to be in a category with guys like that, well then mark me in. So, yes. I'm, a, I'm a guy. I'm a guy who'll say, hey. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I felt. You know, I wrote the book, and I'll tell you. Here's what I did wrong. Here's where I. Here's where I took a shortcut that I shouldn't have taken. This is what I did. This it was wrong. But now I'm not going to make that same mistake again. And I hope that other people don't make that same mistake again. I'll tell you, so maybe you don't make that mistake, or I'll listen to your story, and maybe I won't make the same mistake you made. But. When you do make those mistakes, which we we're all going to do, like you said, we're gonna like you're gonna do things that you regret doing. I I've been talking a lot about bullying lately, and I actually right. spoke at spoke at something recently, and it it kind of comes into play here a little bit. But one of the things you can do with anything, whether it be bullying or something that happened in business, is you can try to make it right. You know, whether it be, hey, maybe I said something to my wife I shouldn't have, or maybe I lost an account because I didn't handle it the right way. All I can do is try to make it right. Whether And with bullying, same kind of thing. All you can do, if you said something that you shouldn't have said, go back and try to make it right. You know, rather than it fester and it get worse, just go handle it. Go accept, acknowledge that you messed up, that you failed, and say, hey, I messed up, I did this wrong. I shouldn't have done it like that. I'll do better. I'm accountable for it, and let's fix it. And now let's move on. Yeah, I think that I think that's a pretty fair statement. Now uh, we actually have a little bit of extra time here, and I think that uh, you're actually touching on something, and this might be a good idea for us to explore, which I think would be absolutely awesome. Is the topic of bullying? Now, when people hear the word bully, they think of uh, they think of the kid getting pushed around in the hall or having his uh, books stolen or being beaten up for his lunch money or called names or the second he walks in the classroom, everybody just starts pointing and laughing or what have you. Now, there are different types of bullying that happen as we go through, as we go through life. Uh, we have people who have power over us who mess with us just so they can show off their power. We have competitors in business who, rather than trying to compete ethically, will just try and build themselves up by tearing others down. That's the only way they can possibly do it. And unfortunately, for the person on the receiving end of that, uh, sometimes there is a, a shame to it. And I think sometimes it leads 
the person on the receiving end, and I have some personal experience here as well, to ask, well, what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> now, I mean, did they do did they do something to deserve it? Um, and whether they did or whether they didn't, uh, you know, what are some things that we can do, uh, you know, when we feel like we're being unfairly attacked? Because, you know, I personally, when I feel unfairly attacked, I turn into a tiger. Uh, you do not want to be on the receiving end of me when I feel like you've unfairly attacked me because I will move heaven and earth to show how unfair it truly was. Other people uh, – you know, curl up and hide or find themselves less confident or able to take the steps they need to make to be successful, whether it's business or life, and other people fall in other places of the spectrum. So what do you think is a good approach when you find yourself in a situation where you've been treated unfairly and it starts to make you question some things yourself? That, that's a good, good uh, insight into it. I, I think one of the things you have to do is when you're attacked at anything, you know, you got to say, put yourself in their shoes and say, why are they, why are they attacking me? Is there, I mean, you can also turn that finger around a little bit and say, maybe you played some part in it. Maybe, but maybe you didn't. But if, if you did, you can say why. And if you didn't, you can say, I wonder what is going on that I could, that is happening, that, is making them lash out at me. And if you can get to that root of the problem, it, you put yourself in their shoes and say, hey, what if, you know, maybe their boss is coming down on them for this or that. I'm sure me and you have both had bosses come down on us for something silly, you know, uh-huh. where all of a sudden it flows downhill. So you're saying, ah, oh, I get it now. They just, they're getting pressure from up above. They just wanted me to respond to something. I can do that for them. Oh, they're getting... They're getting pressure at home, I see. So when you can put yourself in their shoes, I think that definitely helps you you realize why somebody's attacking you. Yeah, that assumes the attacks are rational. I mean, and we yeah. see this, and we see this, you know, kids' experiences in school. I experienced it in school where somebody just decides they have it out for you, and uh, and there is no logic to it. In fact, they'll even come out and say, you know, I'm bullying you because I just want to. You know, in in a case like that, and which is this is a you, you try to put your, you try to have rational thoughts in an irrational in an irrational world. I think what we need to do is we need to expose it. You know, me, you, the listeners here, the school district, your county, wherever you're at, we're all on the same team. You know, this is one big world. We're in it. We're in it together, and we're hopefully what you're doing, I'm doing, trying to trying to make it a little better place. So sometimes when that irrational thing happens, we need to just it's not it's not a secret, you know. Let's uh tell somebody about it and you know, two people, three people, four people know about it, then we can like we're doing just with this spare minute, maybe you can attack the problem a little bit. Right, right. So 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 we're talking about the silver lining to the cloud or the opportunity in every in every problem, I mean, in every other meaningful cliche or statement around that. And I think that I think that's a great place to start as well. Uh, what do you think about holding on to the past? Because I think a lot of folks get held up in terms of the inner game side of business success by holding on to things that happened to them in the past, by dwelling on it. Uh, when something happened that wasn't their finest hour, they were caught unawares or something along those lines, and they just hold on to it. I mean, is there a degree to which maybe you should hold on to it because it may have may make you stronger now, or is it more 
fair to lean toward the side of this debate that might say, man, you just got to let it go. That was in the past. Right. I think you definitely, what I say about the past is you got to learn from it. Your past, my past, you got to you gotta learn from it. You can't just pretend it never happened. And I studied, a, a, my new hobby is studying the Constitution. And okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a boring guy. And you you can see that everything that happens, it, you tweak it a little bit and it just happens over and over and over again a little bit different. So I think you can learn from the past and then when that when those things come ha- happen that you say, ah, I know how it's handled before. Now it's not going to, I'm not going to hang on to this. I'm not going to, you know, try to bang my head up against a wall. I'm going to understand that this is something like this has happened before. I'm going to use all the tools in my belt and figure out how to move past this this time successfully. Right, right. So I think what you're saying here is it's uh I don't it's personally and I and, and tell me feedback to me on this because this is what I'm getting and this is what's kind of hitting me right now is that you know we can't just say well that happened in the past you just got to let it go because there's a reason it happened in the past and if you don't do deal with it there's a great chance it's going to happen again in fact if it happened once it could happen again we can't necessarily control the environment outside of us but we can certainly control how we react to it so if we got uh, bullied or we got unfairly attacked in the marketplace one time and we found ourselves uh, all stammering like home and home and home and home and home and wondering <laughs> well what did we do you know what you know what we you know is is I mean, is it true that uh, my business message and my gifts to the world don't really matter, that I was wrong? And you find yourself in a situation where basically you're speechless. You don't know how to react to it. So you learn from the situation enough to learn how to react to it. So you're not letting the past go, but you're putting the past in its rightful place. So the next time somebody comes at you, you know what to do because you have rehearsed it in your mind. You have played through how you would do it differently. So here it is, time to do it differently. There, I agree. There was a, I talked to a, a lady one day, and Gabrielle Robinson was her name, and she was she's a up and coming writer, and she said, you can't be you can't be always looking in the past, you can't be always looking in the future, or you'll end up cockeyed. She said because you can't look at both things at the same time. So, and to, to give her some credit, you can't just you can't be stuck in the past, and you can't always be worrying about. Tomorrow, sometimes you got to live for today. Okay. You're absolutely right about that. I mean, you do have to live for today. You have to learn from your past, and you have to let it grow your future. I think of it, uh, I mean, think of it in terms of, you know, those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. There's a reason it happened before, and it may happen again. You can't control the environment necessarily, but you can certainly control your reaction to the environment in just about every single case. Now, there's something else I know you talk about, and it has to do with uh, it has to do with declaring your goals or telling the world your goals. Now, this when I when I think about this question, I think about um, I, I I go on Facebook and I look in the news feed and I see all kinds of folks uh, declaring their intention that uh, they're going to lose weight or they're going to achieve this in their business by, you know, they're going to achieve result X in their business by date Y, so X by Y, basically. And I, and I think that's 
really great. Or they share stories about how they successfully helped so-and-so achieve this, that, or the other. And I think this is all very good. And when I was reading over, you know, based on our preliminary conversation and some of the things you, I know you have to share, uh, you uh, mentioned the whole thing about telling the world your goals. And what does telling the world your goals have to do with being successful or not being defined by failure? I'm, I'm a huge proponent of telling the world your goals. And I, I think it, what got me started with the whole goal thing is I used to work at a – I sold Yellow Pages, door-to-door, you know, Yellow Page ads, door-to-door. This is when – the phone book was still a hopping place to be. We just right. went into a little went into a little rural town, walked down the street for six months, and tried to sell ads. And right. The organization I worked for, they were big on writing your goals down. It was all about writing your goals, writing your goals. How many people are you going to see a day? How many business owners are you going to see? What are you going to when you make a sale and you get the money in return? What are you going to buy with that? put a picture up in your car. So when I started um, writing my first book, I wasn't a, wasn't a writer. I had, like I said, I was a guy who grew up getting beat up and shoveling dirt. What did I know about writing? But right. I, turned those, I turned those little goals, so I kept a green spiral notebook, and I was working for the phone book company at the time, and I started writing little goals like they had advised. In the, in the book, I had a little book. And I wrote goals, maybe see 20 people today, talk to five decision makers, sell two cells this week. And then eventually in that in that book, I started putting, I'd write a little phrase like you said before, uh, dogs don't bark at parked cars. I'd write something like that down. And then uh, yeah, I said, dogs, those, dogs don't bark at parked cars. And I said, the cats don't play with toys that are just laying there. See, it's, it's wise. So I, I'd write something like that down and then, all of a sudden, those those goals turned into little stories. And then one day, I wrote on the front of that book, on the front of that notebook, first book. And so now, all of a sudden, every day, I was looking at this thing that said first book. When I was writing my goals, I saw first book, first book, first book. So then, why I tell the world my goals and why I think you should is when I worked in that organization and along the way, as you as I started to tell people, I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book. At first, they said, what, what the heck do you know about writing a book? I said, oh, that's what I'm doing. Oh, I'm going to do motivational speaking. They said, what do you know about that? I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I told more people, more people, more people. Then all of a sudden, so many people knew, you better be writing a book. You better be on your radio show because when you tell people that, all of a sudden, when you saw them, they started to hold you accountable. They started to say, hey, When's that going to come out? When am I going to see book two? When am I going to see book three? When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? So the second you're willing to tell the world your goals is the second you're truly accountable to them because you're no longer afraid to let people know because you're actually working and moving forward trying to reach them. Right. I think you I think you had some really – good points there, because if you declare too many goals and you don't live through to them, people just aren't going to believe you anymore. I also would caution folks that, uh, you know, declare goals that you're serious about. Uh, don't just declare a goal because your coach told you you should, or you're on a mastermind call with three different people, and they all kind of uh, 
they all kind of, uh, shall we say, put you up to declaring a goal. Declare a goal that means something to you that is going to resonate with where you want to go, I think, is also very important. Now, we have about, uh, we have about 12 minutes left here, and this has been an awesome interview, Dominic. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. And I want to, we've been talking so much about failure and screwing up and getting pushed around and attacked and, and defending ourselves and all this. And I was thinking, you know, let's try and wrap up on a happy, positive note for our listeners here, shall we? So sure thing. This, is what, this is what I want to get into a little bit, and we may go in a couple different directions here till we get to where we need to be. But let me just ask you this question. How do you know when you've reached success? That's uh, uh, the, a simple question. Simple question, simple answer for you. The answer to that is when you can go to bed at night and your heart's not pumping a million miles an hour and you can lay down on that pillow and you're not worrying about the, the day that you just had and the next morning when your alarm clock goes goes off and you hop out of bed with a spring, that's when you're a success because in this world you you determine your own success. Some people some people to success is a Rolex. Some people it's this uh eight pack of abs. Some people it's a full grocery card at the store. So you can't look at what is a what somebody else's definition of success is because to each of us what makes us sleep easy that night or be able to get up with that pep in the step, it's gonna be something different for each of us. Uh, but you need to find what that is, and that's how you know you're a success. That, and, and that sounds to me like something where you can't necessarily put it on a chart. It's just a feeling that you have that you know you've arrived. You know, you, you mentioned something, I, and I agree with that. And to, to double back a little bit, and I agree with you about the goal thing. You said, don't just throw out there that I'm going to, take over the world or some grand, you know, the biggest goal of all time. You know, you first it's there's baby steps, you know. You take a little step in the right direction. You write down, you know, if you're trying to get a new job, maybe your goal is to look for a new job. So maybe that study new jobs. Maybe that means get on get online that night and study something on the internet. You know, as long as you're moving forward and you're making progress, hey you're you're going to become a success by and by achieving those little goals along the way, not necessarily, hey, you know, build a new house, you know, or whatever it may be, just, you know, maybe research that new house. Save up a hundred dollars to buy a house, save up a thousand dollars, save a thousand dollars to start a new business. That little by little, you'll get there. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to say, where do you find a hundred dollar house? Uh, can you tell me where yeah. I find a hundred dollar house? Because I'm looking. Somewhere out there. I, I think you probably, <laughs> probably not, no, probably not to your standards, but there's probably a few. Probably has some. Right. I, <laughs> I just, I just, uh, I just had to pick on that a little bit because I thought it was just so hilarious. But I think the, the larger point to be made there is if you want to get a house, then the next step may not be to get the house. The may, next step may be that you have a couple extra dollars in your pocket, so you put those toward the house, and a couple extra dollars here and a couple extra dollars there. And before you know it, you will get to the point where you know, you're breathing deep, you're breathing easy, you're laying in bed in your new house, 
and you feel like you've achieved something. You feel like you've reached a level of success. And I personally believe that, you know, the, some of the best successes are the ones that we work for or that we, we travel a road to get to, and then we really have a chance to savor them when we get there. So basically what you're telling us, Dominic, is that knowing you've reached success is more like a feeling. Now, now can it be charted? I mean, because if I, like, let's say, for instance, I declare a goal that this month I want to I wanna invoice $20,000 in my business, and on June 30th I look back, or July 30th, I look back uh, and I say, you know, look, I, I got $21,000 here. I have achieved. Yeah, sure. And then just like, just like we said that everybody's definition is different. I mean, for me, it might be having a nice tan. So if I, if I get real tan at my kid's baseball game or something like that, Hey, maybe I'm a success, but for somebody else that 20,000, they might be saying, Hey, I needed to hit a million a month, but whatever your goal is, if you're hitting it, Hey, you're a success. It's relative. Uh, Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's relative. Back in 2009, just a real funny story here before I turn the, the floor over to you for a few minutes because I want to give you an opportunity um, as our valued guest, is I remember back in 2009 I was preparing to go on a Caribbean cruise. And so for two months leading up to that, even though it was I had to resist it with like every fiber of my being, um, I went to a tanning bed and got in the uh, and got in the fluorescent coffin and got myself uh, a nice fluorescent tan. Uh, I was not going to get in that thing without. Uh, I'll tell you this right now, just the personal side. I was not getting that thing without sunscreen protection because I'm pretty pale. So I would put on the suntan lotion before I went there. That's a side note. But the thing is, mm-hmm. is I went through that process for two months, and I came out with a really nice golden-looking tan. I, I liked looking at it in the mirror. I thought it looked great. The idea was is when I spend a week in the Caribbean sun, that that will protect me from getting burned. Well, let me tell you this. Uh, on the Monday morning that the cruise took off, we were barely even out of Miami, and I hadn't even finished lunch on the deck yet, and I was already burned. Nice. So, so, two, so, so you want to talk about an abject failure? <laughs> and after that, I say, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting one of those tanning beds again. They didn't, they didn't come through for me when they needed me. I'll just uh, take more walks outside. And one of the beauties of living in Las Vegas, Nevada, is uh, bright sunny days that are warm enough to wear shorts happen about a little over 300 days out of the year. Yeah, we it rains about 300 days a year where I'm at, as you probably know from your. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Coming coming from your area, and I know that I moved out of uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and moved to Las Vegas uh, beginning of November 2013. And I know the Northeast had a really tough winter. You guys are just coming out of a really tough winter, and it seemed like it started the literally three days after I left. By the time I landed in Vegas, having driven across the country, we were already hearing about the, the early snowstorms and the blizzards and everything else. So I'm sorry to take the sorry to take the sun away. Uh-huh. Didn't mean to. <laughs> so uh so what I'd like to do here is um you know first of all first of all I'd like to say uh to you, uh Dominic Damaski, thank you so much for being with us today as our guest expert on Business Creators Radio Show for our topic, No Failure Has to Define You. Now, what I'd like to do at the very end, uh, you know, we have about five minutes left here in our broadcast, is um, I'd like to just turn the floor over to you for a couple of minutes and just tell us a little bit about how you serve business creators and how folks can engage with you if they want to take things to the next level. Sure thing. Um, first of all, I wanted to thank you for having me on the show today, but I wanted to tell you about I have a book out called Don't Double Bread the Fish. And right. what this book is, it's an inspirational book. 
it's for anybody who's ever been down, out, punched in the face, kicked, broke, and the people that said, I can't do this anymore, I can't take it anymore. And what this book is, it's an inspirational set of 39 chapters to say, yes, you can. It's the books, I'm in the book, but it's not about me. It's about those people that say, you know, I can't do it. And these are just, each chapter gives you a lesson, a tool that you can read over and over, like that other book that I mentioned, where you can read them over and over and say, yeah, maybe they give you a smile or a chuckle and say, yeah, I can get through this. I, I'm going to use that lesson tomorrow. I'm going to I'm going to approach this like that. But I also started a company called Motivation Champs. And right. at Motivation Champs, what we do is we share inspiration. And I'll come out and speak to a group. You can contact me at uh, motivationchamps at gmail.com or find me on my website, www.motivationchamps.com. And what I do there is I'll come out and speak to a group. We'll come out. I would talk about the 10 steps to overcoming failure. I would talk about uh, persistence. I will talk about anything a business owner wants to talk about in the form, in the sense of motivation, inspiration. Even, and you see, I even talk about bullying these days. You know, it's it's what's on their mind, and it's because it's not about me; it's about them. And how can how can we help you motivate your staff, get them psyched up, and just do a little better? And then the final thing that's free; it doesn't cost any money. You can always check me out on Twitter at at Dom D one thousand, and what I do there is just post positive messages all day long, inspirational thoughts. I might post something like your your phrase about dogs don't bark at parked cars and cats don't play with toys that aren't moving. Something like that or something Ben Franklin said or Donald Trump or Winston Churchill. You might see those. But And if you'll back to the book, if you want to, www.motivationchamps.com. It's also on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. But if the ones at motivationchamps.com, I sign everyone that leaves there. But I'd love to talk to you even just for a minute. Check me out. Thank you. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just as a reminder, reminders of uh, two things for all of our readers. Number one, uh, Dominic's book, uh, Don't Double Bread the Fish. Uh, you can find that on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and at his website. And remember, not only for Dominic, but for all of our guest experts, all you need to do is go to www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and check out our guest experts page and check out our archive of previous episodes. And you can find profiles for all of our experts, including Dominic, where you can find information about them, about their websites, about their social media. So you can engage in whatever manner you see fit. So, again, we're at the top of the hour here. Uh, Dominic Damaski, I want to thank you just one more time for being with us today. It's been an honor, a pleasure, and an education. Ditto. Thank you, sir. You bet. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Please stop by, check out us up, check us out at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also subscribe to us on iTunes. Do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating helps us spread the word, is greatly appreciated, and enables us to support more business creators like you in your striving to win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.